48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Carrie Lam defends her decision not to give workers the day off during yesterday's post-typhoon chaos. The jury in the yoga ball deaths trial are told that if they find the wife was murdered, they must find the same for the daughter. And the Consumer Council calls for stronger regulation of vitamin supplements. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she stands by her decision not to declare a day off for workers yesterday in the light of the damage caused by severe typhoon Mankut. Fallen trees and debris blocked roads, suspending most bus services and leading to chaos at train stations. More than 90% of bus routes are back in operation now. Before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam said there was no mechanism in place to allow the government to call for a day off, despite the Civic Party insisting it could have used the Emergency Regulations Ordinance. Mrs Lam said it's irresponsible to declare a public holiday without knowing the possible effect on society. I have personally made repeated re- appeals to employers that this is a sort of situation that we need more understanding, accommodation and mutual support. So for uh, individuals who have difficulties in going back to work because of the traffic disruptions, the employers uh, should express understanding. And uh, as I have said, uh, yesterday I received uh, feedback from many employer associations and sector representatives that they are exercising that flexibility in order to accommodate the difficulties faced by the employers to, in travelling to work. This comes as there are growing calls for the government to enact laws to ensure non-essential workers stay home during severe weather. The vice chairman of LegCo security panel, James Toe, suggested legislation should make clear the circumstances, such as when transport capacity drops to 30 to 40 percent of what is normal. Jimmy Kwok from the Federation of Hong Kong Industries supports the idea, but says such a law should be district based. He says, for example, that employees in Sha Tin and Taiwai shouldn't have gone to work yesterday in light of the transport situation there. I'm sure all the employers will understood very well. Any employees are living there, it's all right. No one will have to deduct your salary because you can't come or any fringe and benefit will be deducted because everyone knows that situation has been in the TV, uh, many people knowing that. Unionist Lee Chirk Yan from the Confederation of Trade Unions is also calling for legislation to protect workers during and after a typhoon, to push employers to decide which services are essential and to give working staff double pay and a travel allowance. After having essential, if it's essential, then the workers, if asked to go to work, they should have double of their wages and also travel allowance so that those who have to work in very harsh conditions of the weather will be adequately compensated. And that is the part for typhoon. And then when you look at what the chaotic situation after typhoon, I think the law during typhoon can also apply by the government to after typhoon. Meanwhile, the Education Bureau says schools can reopen tomorrow if they feel it is safe to do so. At least one school in Hung Hong will remain closed as work continues to clear broken glass from the shattered windows of a nearby building. In other news, a High Court judge says a Chinese university professor, if found guilty, should be held accountable for the murders of both his wife and daughter, even if he only meant to kill his wife. Priscilla reports. 
High Court Judge Judiana Barnes has been summing up the evidence in the murder trial of Chinese University professor Ko Kin Sun, who's accused of putting a yoga ball filled with toxic gas in the car his wife was driving in 2015. Madam Justice Barnes told jurors they could only convict him if they were sure he was the one who put the yoga ball in the car. She added that jurors could consider circumstantial evidence, but if this pointed to more than one possible outcome, Mr. Ko must be acquitted. The defense has suggested both the mother and the daughter could have put the yoga ball in the car. The judge also told jurors if they decided Mr. Ko intended to kill only his wife, he must also be convicted of the murder of his daughter. The hearing continues. The Consumer Council has called for stronger regulatory control over vitamin supplements, saying they should be treated as pharmaceutical products rather than general food items. The watchdog tested 76 products and also found that nine of them had suggested dosages equal to or even higher than the maximum daily tolerable intake. Excessive intake can increase the risk of a variety of problems, from nerve damage to kidney stones. Gilly Wong is the council's chief executive. If it is general food, it is regulated by the public health and municipal service ordinance. So it's very different in terms of focus. But when we look at the regulations in overseas, they have much more clearer regulations to regulate this kind of health supplements in terms of the disclosure of the ingredients, dosage, warning, and also the advertising claim. Especially if they have certain functions that、um, they have to declare to to the authority、uh, of res- respective country. For some of them, you know, they have to be licensed as well. So. We think, you know, in Hong Kong, we should、um, make reference to this.、Uh, all the、um, different practices overseas. The council also found that two thirds of the deep cleansing facial products it tested contain ingredients that can cause allergy. It tested 60 types of facial scrubs, exfoliants, and peeling products, and found that over 40 contained allergenic preservatives and fragrances, and nine contained alcohol. Spokeswoman Karen Shum says consumers should use the products carefully. People with sensitive skin should read the ingredient list carefully to avoid allergic reaction. Consumers should be aware that frequent or prolonged skin contact with high concentration alcohol products may cause skin dryness. Consumers advised to conduct patch tests in a small local area before full application to ascertain that there is no serious reaction. The district court has adjourned to November the 13th. The corruption case. Of the former Deputy Secretary for Economic Development and Labour, Wilson Fong is charged with accepting an advantage as a public servant and of misconduct in public office. He is accused of taking five hundred and ten thousand dollars from a Macau businesswoman, Cheyenne Chan, in two thousand and four. She faces a charge of offering an advantage to a public servant. The two are allowed to remain out on bail. Washington has announced new 10% tariffs on 200 billion U.S. dollars worth of Chinese goods, warning Beijing it will raise them to 25% if it retaliates. They're the biggest round of U.S. tariffs against China so far and come into effect next week. However, President Trump's economic adviser Larry Kudlow said they would always be open to holding trade talks. We are ready to negotiate and talk with China any time that they are ready. For serious and substantive negotiations towards free trade, to reduce tariffs and non-tariff barriers, to open markets, to allow the most competitive economy in the world, ours, to export more and more goods and services to China. 
The South Korean president, Moon Jae-in, has arrived in Pyongyang for talks on how to revive stalled denuclearization talks between North Korea and the United States. Mr Moon, who was influential in brokering the historic Singapore summit between the other two countries earlier this year, is expected to hold two sets of talks with North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un. Washington is pushing for full and final denuclearization, while Pyongyang first wants a formal declaration that the 1950s Korean War has ended. Mr Moon is travelling with South Korean business tycoons from companies including Hyundai and Samsung. Three Republicans have joined Democrats in their calls to delay a vote on President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, following sexual assault allegations. A woman who accuses him of physical and sexual assault while they were both at high school, Christine Blasey Ford, has offered to testify in front of a Senate committee considering his confirmation. Mr Kavanaugh has called the allegations completely false. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports from Washington. There's three Republican senators, one of whom's on the committee itself, who say that the delay should take place. It's 51-49 in favour of Republicans in the Senate. They need 51 votes, or they need 50 plus the vice president who could uh, give a casting vote to get the nomination through. So if one or two Republicans start breaking in the other direction, then they've got a real problem. And if they then have to bring another candidate forward uh, for nomination, that could go right to the end of the year. And of course, by then, post-midterm elections, there's a distinct possibility that the Democrats could be in control of the Senate. There's speculation about the fate of a Russian Air Force surveillance plane that has disappeared over the Mediterranean with 14 crew aboard. The Defence Ministry in Moscow says the plane vanished during Israeli airstrikes against Syrian targets. Reuters is reporting that an anonymous US official says Washington believes Syrian government anti-aircraft guns accidentally downed the plane while firing at Israeli missiles. A British cave diver is suing tech billionaire Elon Musk for defamation after his repeated claims the diver is a child abuser. Vernon Unsworth helped with the rescue of 12 Thai teenagers from a flooded cave in July, but Mr Musk has made repeated claims on Twitter against Mr Unsworth. Here's the BBC's Dave Lee. When the 12 boys were trapped in the cave, Elon Musk arrived with a small submarine designed, he said, to help get them out. It was never used. Vernon Unsworth, part of the team that did free the boys, described Mr Musk's efforts as a PR stunt. Mr Musk's response was to brand Mr Unsworth a paedophile. He did not provide any evidence to back up those claims, but suggested that if it was not true, then Mr Unsworth could sue. Mr Unsworth is now seeking $75,000 in compensation and an injunction to stop Mr Musk from making any such claims in future. British and French fishermen have agreed to end the so-called scallop wars in the English Channel. In August, there were collisions between fishing boats and crew threw stones at each other, as the BBC's Sarah Ransom reports. It's taken a couple of weeks of delicate, sometimes bad-tempered negotiations between French and British fishing leaders to thrash out a new agreement. In August, French fishermen accused UK boats of depleting scallop stocks in the lucrative fishery off the Normandy coast. Both sides clashed at sea, with video footage showing rocks and flares being thrown and vessels being rammed. This newly agreed deal will see larger UK boats withdrawing for six weeks from the disputed area, but smaller vessels will be able to fish in these waters. 
Financial news and in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.95 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 16 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,728, 204 points down on the previous close. And now with a look at the latest sports news, here's Damon Pang. Thanks, Alex. We start with Premier League football. Brighton came from two goals down for the second game in a row to snatch a point at Southampton. Shane Duffy led the second-half comeback with a header and a stoppage-time penalty from Glenn Murray tied the score at 2-2. Brighton manager Chris Hilton was happy with what he saw. We had to react in that second-half period and we got the reaction that we wanted and um, certainly to go 2-0 down was a huge disappointment because... As I say, I, th- I thought our performance in the second half, and we started that second half far better than the first. But credit to the players that um, they wanted to get back in this game, and um, they showed a, a great attitude. In the Serie A, SPAL are a surprise second in the table after a 2-0 win over Atalanta. They are now three points behind reigning champions Juventus four games into the season. SPAL were just three points off relegation in the previous campaign. And the UEFA Champions League kicks off later tonight. Tottenham will be without two key defenders when they start their European campaign at Inter Milan. Kieran Trippier and Toby Alderweireld didn't make the trip to Italy, and manager Mauricio Pochettino says it was a technical decision. Of course, we have ahead a lot of games, very busy. Um, we came from a very difficult circumstance after the World Cup. And of course, we have a plan for different players to give rest in different competitions, like it's in Champions League, now it's uh, maybe Kiran Antovi, and the future will be different, different player. The Spurs are already without the injured regulars Hugo Lloris, Deli Alli and Musa Sissoko. Liverpool are last season's beaten finalists. Their manager, Jurgen Klopp, says he's hopeful that Roberto Firmino will be fit for their Champions League opener with French champions Paris Saint-Germain at Anfield. The striker suffered an eye injury in the win over Tottenham over the weekend, and Klopp says he will wait and see if the Brazilian can feature. Everybody who saw the picture after the game, well, we were all shocked. And, um, and when we had first-time contact with him again after he was in hospital, uh, was a big relief for all of us. So it's painful. It's Nobody wants to have that. Nobody needs that. But he will be fine. We only don't know exactly when. On to American football. The Chicago Bears defeated the Seattle Seahawks 24-17 in the NFL. Mitchell Trubisky threw two touchdown passes for Chicago early and late in the game. The Bears also played tough defense on the Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, who was sacked six times. The Bears improved the 1-1 on the season, while the Seattle's lost both of their games. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns have traded talented but troubled wide receiver Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. In return, the Browns will reportedly get a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. Gordon had been suspended numerous times by the NFL for drug violations since Cleveland drafted him six years ago. And that's your spot. Thanks to Damon Pang there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Carrie Lam defends her decision not to give workers the day off during yesterday's post-typhoon chaos. The jury in the Yoga Ball deaths trial are told that if they find the wife was murdered, they must find the same for the daughter. And the Consumer Council calls for stronger regulation of vitamin supplements. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
So 